All right, and we're back. Welcome to another installment on this uh, in this series on uh, the spiritual realm, the invisible realm, angels and demons specifically. Uh, we've done two weeks covering. I was going to say all things demons, but surely there's plenty uh, left on the table there. Yes. Um, talk angels today. Uh, what are angels? What do they do? Um, somewhat, uh, we, we did what's called the Theology After Dark on this weeks ago. It was a Wednesday night teaching night, and we taught on angels and demons. That kind of the idea of that really was kind of uh, sparked with a focus on angels um, and and some views that that John Calvin, Martin Luther had, which maybe we'll we'll get to in a minute. Um, but but really kind of came out of that. So today we'll talk angels. I think that this is. Um, all in all, very encouraging. Everything I've learned about angels and studying this and, and preparing for Theology After Dark, not just from scripture, but even just from church history and how the church has by and large understood, viewed angels. It's just very encouraging. It's very comforting. Um, and I think that it's a subject that, I don't know, maybe today the church and Christians, kind of like demons, we, we know it's a real thing. We know that they're real things, but it's kind of like, on this back, back, back theological burner yeah. that we never actually get to. But man, like if we get to it, I think very encouraging yeah. and very, um, not as like, I don't know, kooky as maybe you fear it will be, or maybe it is, but you just realize how biblical it is. <laughs> right. And you're just like, Hey, this no, is you either sa- believe the Bible or you don't. Yeah. You're safe. You're safe to you be know? a kook. Yeah. Like maybe it is strange and weird, but you realize, oh, this is all actually quite normal in the So Bible. when you say that, like right off the bat, when you say what's encouraging and mm-hmm. comforting to you, wh- what immediately comes to your mind, even before we get into the theological dynamics of it? I mean, here, here's what's encouraging and comforting. And this was the quote that I've mentioned that really kind of sparked the idea of doing this night from uh, Calvin, which I'll read real quick because I've got it in front of me. I wanted to make sure we had this. Um, I think I read this quote. It this or something like it from him that he says, whether or not each believer has a single angel assigned to him for his defense, I dare not positively affirm. So he just basically says, I don't know, which is awesome. I don't know. Um, but he says this indeed, I hold for certain that each of us is cared for not by one angel merely, but that all with one consent. So all angels with one consent watch for our safety. So, Calvin there goes like, you know, we, we think, oh, if I had a guardian angel, that would be too good to be true. That would be so cool, you know? But I think in some circles we think, oh, that's kind of, that's not true. That's this kooky idea of this, like one guardian angel floating in the sky, you know, whatever. There's no way that's real. So when I read that, I was like, whoa, whoa, Calvin here, who's a, you know, a big theologian in church history, um, is going, I don't know if it's one, but I do know that it's a lot, you know? Um, so for me, what's encouraging about the subject of angels is the reality that here's the deal. Like life is hard. Um, life can be scary. Um, life is hard. Life is hard. Yeah. Okay. Just day to day can be hard. And, um, and realizing that I have this squad. I don't have all the right words for it. Yeah. But this squad of of elite protectors, as Calvin called them, he called them protectors. I think he called them warriors. Because really, when you look in scripture, that's what they are. That's... They are these elite warrior soldiers that are commissioned 
yes, we know that they worship God. Um, but like when you get into the nitty gritty of like, okay, what are their tasks from God? It is, uh, it revolves around taking care of us, protecting us, guarding us, fighting on our behalf. Um, you know, Luther, I don't know if he was kind of saying it in a funny way, but he would say things like, if you stub your toe, but you don't fall all the way down the stairs, like, thank God for the angel that just, uh, protected you. It makes me think of Jocko saying the silent professional. Yeah. You know, we got all these silent professionals around us. That's really cool. Yeah. So it's encouraging and it's, and it's a sign anyway. So we can get into all that, but, um, for you, I'll throw it to you, yeah. um, and then I can um, talk a little bit about what I talked about. But yeah. when you think angels, um, when you think, what are they? What do they do? Uh, as a Christian, even just like how should we think about them, view them? What comes to mind? Practical care. It, just for some reason, I just was like, gosh, this is really a practical, tangible, connecting care that God. Um, has towards us, Mm -hmm. that there are celestial beings, there are angels that actually do care. Um, I I remember when uh, I was in high school, uh, there were two ladies uh, in the church that we were attending who were elder ladies, and they they never married, and they were sisters, and they lived together their whole life. They were missionaries. They taught at Wheaton. They actually taught Jim Elliott, and and they were spending their retirement years and in their latter years into their, I knew them when they were in their 80s and 90s when I was in high school and then in college. Uh, and when uh, they uh, were going to meet the Lord and they were declining physically, one of them was in the hospital for you know, a good couple months. And, um, and my mom was really good friends with them. They would get together and pray and, and she, um, would go visit them and, and, uh, Vivian Blumquist would talk about how there was this male nurse that just would come in in the middle of the night and just take care of her, like move her body in positions that were relieving and caring. Uh, and she said he was so strong and so gentle all at the same time and just had the nicest smile and, Uh, just knew how to position her. And she kept bringing up to the nurses in the morning, who is this male nurse? Uh, And they were adamant that there is no male nurse Mm -hmm. that's coming in on the night shift. Um, And it was just real clear to uh, Vivian, and it was real clear to my mom that this was obviously uh, an angel that was helping her. Mm. Crazy. I think this is a great kind of place to even start to wade into the the deep waters of it because what I learned, even as I was preparing and talking to people, because they'd go, hey, you know, like we've got this angels things cu- coming up. What have you learned, Colin, or whatever? And, um, and I was remembering that one of my best friends, kind of from my college days, who was my best man, had a story of gotten a, a wreck on the highway, I think rolled his car or his truck, uh, gets pulled out. Some guy pulls him out. And he, he's out now he's out of the truck. Um, and some, I think a couple, like a man and a woman come up and checking on him. And he's like, Hey, where's the guy who pulled me out of the truck? And they, you know, very expressly were like, there was no, the, no one, we, we were right behind you. We are the first responders. There was no other guy. Nobody was here. Right. Um, hmm. 
So what is that, right? Yeah. And 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 what and what is this male nurse? And you know, another uh, family in the church told me of a story of um, one of their family members who who I think I want to say was in a foreign country, foreign airport. No one spoke English. You, you know, probably trying to connect, catch a connecting flight, which that doesn't sound like that big of a deal, but you put yourself in that in those shoes, and that can be like really stressful and nerve wracking. Of like foreign country, I know yeah. no one can't communicate. Some guy comes up, speaks English. Hey, do you need help? Yes, I need X, Y, and Z. Here's X, Y, and Z. And then all of a sudden the guy's gone, just disappeared. I mean, how many times have you met someone where you would afterwards go, I met this person, I talked to them, and then all of a sudden I couldn't find them anymore. You know, what is that? Yeah. Um, my father-in-law, one time uh, as a kid, there's a big summary of this story. He's drowning uh, essentially like in a river creek in Colorado. Um, some guy pulls him out and disappears, I think is the story. Hmm. And part of the context of the story, they had been hiking very uh, in a very isolated, like hadn't really seen any other hikers known around. So what is that? That's right? amazing, yeah. As Christians, we, yeah. we all have these stories, either ourselves, a friend, a family member, or we know someone. Like we have a connection to someone probably with those stories. And I think the question is like, what do we do with them? And I think a lot of times we just go like, man, there's no way. Like deep down, we right. go, that'd be cool if that was an angel. But there's probably no way. Yeah, that was just the stress of his brain and the synapses were firing and he had a hallucination. Yeah, yeah. there's no way. Right. And here's what the Bible would say, what I have learned to take as my position because of solely the scriptures, is my position is, um, yeah, definitely, probably an angel. Definitely. Right. <laughs> because of what you see all throughout scripture. Um the invisible world is is our larger reality existence. Angels are a part of it. They are minister, Hebrews calls them ministering spirits. Um, they are sent out to help us, take care of us, protect us. Um, you see them a ton uh, throughout Scripture. You think of the New Testament alone and how often angels appear and guide and bring messages and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And and the the story that I talked about at the Theology After Dark that I thought was hilarious was a story in Acts where in summary, and I think that in this story, there's so many aspects of like, oh, that that makes perfect sense. Peter's in prison. He's in jail. He's being held by uh, like squadrons, I think Acts says maybe. Maybe one squadron or multiple. Just tons of soldiers, right? They're like, we're keeping Peter in prison. There's no way he's leaving. I think it says he was sleeping and he was sleeping in between guards. There were guards at the door and an angel shows up, lights up the room in some way, (laughs) Uh, like kicks Peter or something to wake him up. Peter wakes up, tells Peter to put his clothes on, you know? Um, and then somehow they just walk out and no one is the wiser. No, no one wakes up. No one else sees the light. You know, these are these powerful creatures who Hmm. don't seem as limited by space and time and physics as us in some form or fashion, right? Brings Peter out. Peter, the text says that he, for a long time, thought he was dreaming, just didn't think it was real, you know? Um, the city gate somehow just opens up and then all of a sudden the text says that the angel is just gone. Right. And when I read that, I was like, oh my goodness, no wonder all of these stories of what are probably angels, they just disappear. You know, it's like, oh, the work's done and they're gone. It's right there in Acts. That happens right there in Acts with Peter. The the angel is just gone. The crazy part um, that I think is instructive is when uh, Peter shows up to a house where there's Christians, knocks on the door and uh, a Rhoda if that's how you say it, comes to the door. 
this woman and she's so excited it's peter because they're all probably thinking dude is dead he's as good as dead goes back it's like peter's at the door and they're like no there's no way it's peter essentially and they say something like it must be his angel when i read that i was like okay so they found it more likely that an angel was knocking on the door because he had a message about peter and in common jewish belief they not that it's right but in common jewish belief they did uh there was a common belief that angels would show up looking like the person they had a message about hmm. So it's possible that what's going on is they thought, oh, Rhoda thinks it's Peter because it looks and sounds like Peter, but it's actually an angel disguised as Peter because he has a message about Peter. So she's like, guys, it's Peter. And they're like, no, there's no way it's Peter. They they found it more likely that an angel was knocking on the door than that Peter somehow got out of prison. That's hilarious. So no, I we, mean, that is, that is so striking. Yeah. We would say there is no way it's an angel. Right. It's Peter. It's Peter. Somehow, homeboy dug a hole and got out. We don't know how he got through the Roman soldiers. Right. Yeah. He, there's no way it's an angel, right? So it just kind of shows you, and again, we, we don't have time, but through church history, the vast majority of Christians in church history have been so aware of the presence of angels yeah. to the point that they would go, oh, it's probably an angel at the door. It's It's not meaning that they thought angels were always showing up or that it was this you know, absolutely common experience. Yeah. But if if they understood the Bible and they understood that, yeah, sometimes, like angels are always active and sometimes we see them and interact with them. It's just that, that whole, it just makes me think of how, you know, in the beginning God created the invisible heavens and the visible mm-hmm. earth. So the, the invisible world and the visible world is creation. Mm-hmm. So we would think there would be more of a, a connection and uh, a movement, yeah. and oh yeah, and it seems like the ancient world and the biblical yeah. world certainly had a greater awareness of the unseen world. It was oh yeah, of course, yeah. yeah it, it's his angel. Yeah, no way, Peter. It's his angel. Yeah, um, that's a yeah, that's an amazing account. But it's so funny because it's exactly flipped today. Yeah. So in a rationalistic, overly scientific over-reliance upon technology and the natural, uh, we, no, it's Peter. Peter got through a whole legion of Praetorian elite troops as opposed to an angel. Crazy. So we're we're like, this is the interesting thing, is we think this, we can think as Christians, the subject is weird and kind of outlandish and, you know, whatever. Uh, But the reality is we're the weird ones because of our lack of understanding and our lack of, you know, I think that kind of posture to go, you know what, like, that really can't be explained in a human way. Like, usually a human in a foreign airport doesn't come up and help you out, and then the next thing you know, they're just gone. Yeah, That's not normal human interaction. It's not normal human interaction to get pulled out of a wreck, and then whoever pulled you out is just suddenly gone. Like they didn't yeah. even stop to be like, are you okay? Yeah, wait for the ambulance, right? sit there and wait for the police or whatever. Yeah. But we we have such of a, and by we, I mean like even me up until really studying for all this, I realized how much I'm in the we, that mm-hmm. we have such a skepticism towards it. We've bought into naturalism more than we probably think as Christians, Yeah, you know, that that we're just so skeptical. And the Bible has said, wait, why would you be, 
why would you be skeptical of of the invisible world breaking in and angels being active even on the demon side um so hopefully this story isn't um well we we i was talking to my wife today about a story of of allegedly supernatural activity okay Mm -hmm. and the way it was kind of being debated was like um this was supernatural activity from god and and kind of the other option was that it wasn't from god and it was a hoax by this person they just did it themselves Mm. and i think that thinking more about angels and demons in the invisible world i said well wait a minute hold on let's say that it this supernatural thing for, for other reasons, I won't say exactly what, but right. let's say that it did happen, but but let's remember that there's a, there's a dark force out there as well. So this this one person was saying this supernatural thing happened and, and it's an affirmation from God. And I said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that supernatural thing, even if it did happen necessarily, an affirmation from God? Could it be the work of a dark force trying to lead in another direction. Mm. And my point was, I felt like I was more biblically, my mind was more biblically attuned in that moment to say, this world is a wild world. Yeah, uh, It's not just that the only options are like, that couldn't be a supernatural event. Well, didn't you bring that up? Like I, I remember it was striking to me because it, it, when you said it from Galatia, Galatian, Paul's letter to the Galatians, oh, even yeah. if an angel yeah. comes yeah. preaching another gospel and you know, most of the times, I, I should say 100% of the time I've read that and was like, he's being hyperbolic, yep. he's being metaphorical, you know, he's going to the extreme, yeah. or even other places in scripture where it talks about that, and you just think, ah, oh, hyperbolic, but no, yeah. no, what if that, yeah. yes, if an angel shows up, and how many different religions yeah. that we can even think of off the top of our heads right now where the founder was in a yeah. cave or out in the field and an angel showed up and gave him the religion. Yep. I, I, okay, that was one of the most fascinating things to me. If you read the New Testament, it's amazing how many times angels are mentioned of that we gloss over. And I gloss over it like, oh, it's hyperbolic. It's yeah. kind of poetic. Yeah. Even if an angel shows up, but of course that would never happen <laughs> until you get to Mormonism and Joseph Smith and yeah. the angel Moroni, right? Yeah. But again, we even go, no, the angel Moroni didn't show up to Joseph Smith and and give him the Book of Mormon. He just made it up. Yeah, he was no, hallucinating. No, how about a fallen angel probably showed up to Joseph Smith and he should have said, whoa, 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 the Apostle Paul told me this might happen. Yeah. The Apostle Paul told me that even if an angel shows up and preaches a false gospel, right? Let him be accursed. Let him be accursed. Reject him. Don't listen. But no, no, no. He listened right Mm. um even if i should uh speak in the in the tongues of angels it's like oh he's just being poetic or maybe maybe paul was just super hyper aware of not just humans but angels Mm. and so he would even think like i mean there's debate about that verse what he's saying but perhaps he knows like yeah they actually probably have their own language and i'm saying what if i knew it um nothing can separate you from the love of god neither angels so if you really believe in these creatures, it makes sense that you would go, I hope an angel couldn't fall and separate me from Jesus. Could that happen? Could yeah. these invisible creatures who are more powerful than me, could they separate me from Jesus? And Paul goes, hey, I want to give you the assurance. No, they can't. Yeah. It doesn't matter how bad an angel might fall into darkness and rebellion. Yeah. They cannot take you away from Jesus. Yeah. It's so good. So it's, 
I love those looking at those verses because it's real, you know. And we watched that Netflix documentary about that Mormon woman who said angels would visit her in the night, yeah, and give her all these like missions to go kill people, yeah. And again, we would just go, oh, she's like crazy person hallucinating. No, I think she's being visited by dark spirits, and she is listening. She's listening. She's obeying, and she's welcoming them. Yep, and she should be rejecting them, yeah. right? Um. Anyway, those are some of the fascinating things about angels that I think at the end of the day, again, it comes back to, okay, what are these, you know, th- these are these spirit creatures made by God who worship him. Uh, I mean, what's the difference between an angel and a demon? These are, uh, these are the same spirit creatures, and the line is drawn between who do you worship and who do you trust, yeah. right? So we've got demons who have said, oh, we're going a different way. Then we've got angels today who worship God, and then really under the umbrella of everything they do, pretty much it's like they work on our behalf, yeah. which is so comforting. It's it's such a sign of God's love and a and a um uh not not picture, but it's it's such a it's such a message of God's love to us, right? I love you and I love you so much. I've created an elite special forces team to take care of you. Yeah, it's you know? so practical, genuine connecting comfort yeah you know it's almost like like i'm doing we're going through jonah and god says that he's going does he not care for the beasts too you know that he loves the people of nineveh and its beasts and you think of the flood the beasts and all these creatures uh made by god and even some tangible connection with care from different species and beasts mm-hmm. like animals. Uh, and then you think of celestial beings and creations and there's a connection there. It's pretty, it's pretty mind boggling. Yeah. Great care, intentional love. Um, so how do you, do you, uh, all right. So we acknowledge this reality. You can sort of like not be put off by, uh, some strange things that might go on, whereas before you could kind of rationalize it away, naturalize it away, uh, over scientific away, but be a little bit more like, oh, you know that mm-hmm. you could be like, no, that's actually an angel. That's mm-hmm. not Peter. That's his angel mm-hmm. to have more of that kind of a response, an ancient world response. But is there any other, when you think about this, any other, like, how do you practically? Uh, do you go looking for angels? Do you, uh, how should you uh, approach this topic of say angels? We know kind of the, the fallen disloyal demonic realm is like resist, right? Over and over again, it's resist. And usually that has to do with gospel realities, truth. Uh, it has to do with, it's interesting, like even if an angel preaches another gospel. Mm -hmm. So there's something really tied in the demonic Mm -hmm. to, speaking lies and spinning a world that doesn't exist about God, about you, about creation. So what's the kind of the stance or the approach or how are we supposed to relate to angels? I think, so two things come to my mind, um, which is he, you know, Hebrews has that verse that talks about, uh, I think entertaining angels unaware. Yeah which has always been a weird verse to me. And I'm like, is that what it th- what I think it's saying? But in light of the rest of scripture, I'm like, I think it's saying exactly what it's saying, which is like, we interact with angels and we just All think the they're humans, yeah. you know? Um, but, but I think that verse comes to my mind because I think, you know, he doesn't say, and then now try to track down 
which occurrences you think have been angels in your life and and obsess over them. It's almost like this more like uh, live in the comfort encouragement of the reality of God has a team and a squad and um, and they're powerful in that work and they win the war at the end of the day and they're working on your behalf. And sometimes you may have an event where you go, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was an angel, you know, like I couldn't possibly prove it, but like, I'm pretty sure. Um, so there's no system of trying to like name them, find the Bible them, doesn't want you obsessed with them. with them. And I think this is also why, you know, the Bible will talk about not worshiping angels, which we find weird yeah. because we're like, why would I ever worship an angel? I hardly even believe in them, you know? <laughs> But if you think about it back in that, in that mindset, a more biblical mindset, it does make sense. Actually, they probably um, were more trying to connect, more tempted by to, that, yes. right? Knowing the reality. So yeah, the Bible's yeah. going to make that very clear. Like we don't worship angels. They're not God. They're creatures. They are, they have a beginning. They were created by God. Um, so we don't worship them and nothing in the Bible would also lead us to obsess over them. When Peter is rescued from prison by the angel it's it's awesome because the text says that he says uh, something like, let me tell you uh, how God, the Lord, just rescued me or something like that. Huh. So he doesn't go, oh my gosh, guys, I got to tell you about this angel. He sees it as, oh, this is what God just did. Yeah. So it's he's um, his focus is not on the angelic is the point, right? He's not worshiping. He's not obsessing over. He's not even trying to necessarily trace. Now I got to think through every instance in my life where maybe yeah. it was an angel and write a book about it, you know? Um so there's that. that, that verse comes to my mind. And then also Luther comes to my mind. Um, you, you know, Luther was just very much like, uh, thank God for angels, uh, pray for God to send angels to protect and to guard. Um, and he, he does have kind of funny quotes of like, if a rock falls and doesn't hit you in the head, thank God for his angels that protected you. Huh. To me, it was this very like, I'm not this obsessive weird trying to find and capture an angel person it's just more like i'm hyper aware i'm extremely aware that there's countless angels that god has created working on his behalf that the that there is the visible world and invisible world that's my reality my reality is i live in the midst of an active war that there are demons there's angels there's god there's satan and um Hmm. the life i now live i live by faith in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me his love is shown to me in the fact that there's these invisible creatures, some of whom I may never know if I've yeah. interacted with or have interacted with me. That 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 you might have been serviced, yeah, and not even known it yeah. is really fascinating. So this might is, this is like a footnote. Think of this as a footnote question. When you did your research and did your study, was there any discussion on gender? Like, do angels have a gender? Because we know that. Obviously, even like with Lot and uh, and Abraham, that mm-hmm. their their angels would show up in the Bible, and they would they would put them in the he. Yeah, they would look right. like a man. Um, right. So anyhow, I've always wondered about that too. I thought about that too because I want to say that every single story I've ever heard about an angel or a potential angel, it's been. Uh, I think I was interacting with a dude. And I want to say, correct me if I'm wrong, that every story of in the Bible of an angel, it's an angel who appears like a man. Yeah. There's been debate in church history that, that did angels have bodies. Um, I don't Calvin. Uh, I want to say Luther. And what I think from Scripture is that they are spirit. Yeah. Right. They are they're created spirits who then can 
you know, appear as a human, you know, uh, interact as a human, feel like they have a body. (laughs) Yeah, the whole whatever Nephilim, the whole, yeah. Um, Anyway, all right, we need to wrap this up. 27, 28 minutes in. Uh, Hopefully that's helpful. That's kind of a smattering on angels. Obviously a lot more can be said about angels and demons. Maybe we'll do more on this later. I kind of want to give one more episode maybe to just the invisible world in general. And and I'm sure we'll touch on some other stuff we didn't uh, talk about. But hopefully this has been helpful and encouraging. As always, you can reach out to us with questions. And until next time.